1: why don't you open your bibles to the book of acts the book of acts chapter number 19 i want to bring you a message today called the geography of glory the geography of glory um it's been a little bit of two different sermons and, and two different services we've had a great time and actually had six people give their life to jesus christ in the last amen. service amen come on you can do it. I said six people got saved today man well hallelujah all right with that said let's ask god to open the word to us today Father, I thank you for this time to give uh, our attention to you. As we give our attention to you, you're going to open the word to us, change our hearts, change our lives. And Father, speak to us clearly in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. All right. So I want to talk to you about the geography of glory for just a moment. We started last week in pursuit of the glory of God. And I believe that we will have accomplished this when there's a manifest glory of God in this building. I believe that God wants to change our lives. I don't know if you've ever been in the manifest presence of God, but you will never forget it if you have been. You know that you've been touched. You know that you've encountered God. And it's something that marks you. It's sort of like this. When you ask someone about the day that they gave their life to Jesus Christ, you say, what song was sung? And very rarely can they tell you what song was sung. Very rarely can they tell you the sermon preached or, or the person who preached that sermon. But they can always tell you what they felt when they were touched by the presence of God. Yeah, yeah. The glory of God changes who we are i remember several 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 years ago now i was just a a, a young man and uh, wasn't married yet and and, and was uh, driving down the road and and i had my younger brother and uh, what he's you know way younger than we are but i had my younger brother with me he's riding in the passenger seat which would be you know illegal today but back then uh, we rode differently in cars is there anybody in here who ever who ever rode down the road in the window of a car The back window, yeah, yeah, some of you understand exactly what I'm talking about, or, or, or you, you got, your zone was the back of the station wagon. Okay. Yep. Some of you are like, been there. Hate that. All right. But, uh, we're riding down the road. He's in the front seat. The seat belt's on him. And as the seat belt's on him, we come up Highway 20 in coming Georgia. We're coming to where, uh, they come down the hill. It used to be a Shoney's there. They're coming down the hill. And as they're coming down that hill, uh, the car that came down that hill decided that it was not going to stop. So it came down, hit the little jump and literally caught the front of my car and took my little car and, and it bent the front. And I haven't shared this story in years, but it bent the front of that car. Instead of you know, driving this way, I was still sitting like this, but the front of the car was like this. It literally warped the frame, bent that the front over. It hit so hard that it turned the wheel on their car up. And The impact was so great that the seatbelts broke. That's a pretty serious run-in. Now imagine how we would be feeling at that moment. Shaken, upset, my car's totaled. I mean, it's a bad moment, right? But the difference was this. The moment that that car made impact with our car, how many of you have ever uh, realize that you probably shouldn't play with, but you have played with that spray insulation. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, that little stuff you put into the... And psh, it just fills every... It, 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 the moment that car hit our, my car, it was like there was a substance of the presence of God that literally went... Psh, and I, it's like I could still see it today, as like even into the, the vents on the... It just... Psh, and we having such an impactful accident that it bends the the frame over on my car, having such an impactful accident, we felt like we had just stopped at a stop sign because we went into the presence of God. When we get out of the car, they're all like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they're like, no, sir, are you okay? And I think they thought I wasn't okay, and some of you may still think I'm not okay, but that's all right. But but I'm like, glory to God, I'm telling you God's in my car. And they're like, what do you mean God's in your car? I'm like, look at us, there's no reason we should be fine, and we're perfectly fine, And 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 I just saw the glory of God. I am an old man still telling the story, because encountering the glory of God changes everything it makes everything different. So when you're talking about encountering the glory of God, I want you to know it's not something you question. You know if you've encountered the glory of God. So here in Acts chapter 19, let me just tell you where we're at in the story of the church in Acts 19. Earlier in the chapter, the apostles show up, The men of God show up. They start preaching the power of the glory of the kingdom of heaven and Jesus Christ, the gospel. As they're preaching, the manifest glory of God starts changing the town. And there's these brothers whose dad had been well known for casting out devils and things, and they see that there's this uh, power that's behind what these apostles are saying. So they say, you know what, we're going to do it the way they do it. And so they they get together and they start going out trying to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. And they come to this one demoniac and this one demoniac looks at them and, and they're like, you know, they're like, come out in Jesus' name. Nothing happens. They're like, in the name of Jesus, be delivered. Nothing happens. In Jesus' name. Nothing happens. Not trying to mock anybody in that, but what I'm trying to tell you is they were trying to have the right moves, the right words, and nothing changes. As a matter of fact, the demoniac looks at them and says, Hey, I know this Jesus you're talking about, and I even know Paul that's been running around town. I'm worried about him, but I don't know who you are. And he jumps on them and sends all seven of them back down the road, whipped and beat up and destroyed because, watch this, they were trying to manifest a life of glory in a life that did not live a life that glory could flow through. Now watch what happens. Verse 17 kicks in. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus. Where? Ephesus. Two Jews and Greeks alike. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody. A solemn fear descended. How amazing would it be if so much of a move of God happened in our generation, in our hour, that people, watch this now, people start talking about it from all over. And not only are they talking about it, but suddenly they begin to once again respect the move of God. They begin to respect the things of God because a reverence descends on the whole city. People now are not flaunting and disagreeing about the word of God. Suddenly they understand if I want to get near that, I better clean up my life. And the name, I like this part, of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. One version says was glorified. You see... Unless you live in such a way to bring him glory, you will never understand the glory. I've come with a message of teaching today. Listen to me. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They didn't just ask for a ticket to heaven. They stopped sinning. A number of them had been practicing sorcery. They brought out their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The streets are literally on fire with people getting rid of the things of their sin. I'm trying to get to my sermon, but I just f- keep hearing the Holy Spirit. What would happen if we started burning the, the, the semblances of our sin in our life? We might find the fire of the Holy Spirit again. Yeah. The value of these books was several million dollars. There was no comparison from the world with the glory of God. So the message about the Lord spread widely and quickly and powerfully. Now listen to me. It had a great effect because there was something behind it. I believe the pursuit of God's glory. When we pray, for thine is the kingdom... Thine is the power and the glory forever is a fundamental plan of God for our lives. I believe that finding the glory of God is what can change this generation. That we might know him. I feel the Holy Spirit, what I'm about to say to you, and make him known. Now you have to understand, in Acts 19, we're dealing with a very specific city. Anybody remember what city that was? Ephesus. We're dealing with a city when the glory of God enters Ephesus. Now, there's a book that, that I wanted to address just briefly. It's called The Geography of Genius. And this book has this premise that every demographic ge- geographically has a unique genius. For example, Athens, Greece in the 6th century B.C. had a lot of philosophers. Florence, Italy in the 14th century had a lot of artists. Silicon Valley in the 20th century had a lot of technological breakthroughs. All right? So every area has known for something. As I've been traveling around during social distancing right now, I've noticed that the way that every city deals with it is completely different, and it's based on the attitude of the region. Stay with me. Are you with me? Are you with me? Yes. Let me take this a, a little bit further. I think different cities have different personalities. That they have a unique pace to them that's actually called urban metabolism. That means that, that, that it's a lot faster pace in Atlanta, Georgia than it is rural Nebraska. But I also think that different places have different idols. They have different powers and different principalities. And I think that it is our responsibility as those who become light bearers to shine the light on the darkness of the, of the areas and the geography that we walk into. Why? Because we must shine the light on the wrong powers so we can operate in an opposite spirit. Because it's only when we begin to operate in an opposite spirit that God can begin to use us in powerful ways. Remember a few weeks ago, I talked to you about Daniel, and Daniel refused to have his name changed to what they wanted to change his name to because he would not embrace their culture, and he would not allow them to tame him by renaming him. I think that the world has thought that it would rename the church as irrelevant and obsolete, but I'm looking for a group of people today who would say, I want to do whatever it takes for the glory of God to impact a region. I want to change my life so the glory of God can flow through me so that the world will realize something. You might have tried to label me as some extremist, but in reality, I am an extremist. You don't have to label me as that. I believe the only answer is Jesus Christ and he is the hope for the world. Let me hurry though. Back to Acts 19. In Acts 19, we see that Paul is dealing with the city of Ephesus, and he's writing to a city that he spent a great amount of time in, and he writes a little book that he calls Ephesians, an epistle to the a church in Ephesus. Now you've got to begin to understand who he's writing to, to understand the geography of the area before, because watch this, I didn't say this in any other service, before you can understand the geography of glory, you've got to understand the geography of the area of the powers of darkness that try to rule. This is important. So he's writing to the city of Ephesus, say that with me, he's writing to the city of what? Ephesus and to understand this you have to understand what was at the center of the control in Ephesus there was a god a pagan god by the name of Artemis and Artemis was over all the city she was the patron goddess of the region she was the goddess of fertility As a matter of fact, it was so widely known that Ephesus was a sinful city for known for its sexual promiscuity that when you would land at its docks of Ephesus, when you would land there, you were greeted by signs, many of which still exist today, placards and billboards would greet you that immediately would begin to point you to the brothels, send you to the brothels because that's why people came to Ephesus was for sexual promiscuity. They came there because they knew they could live like they wanted to and they had the right to live like they wanted to sexually. To say that a sexual undertone was central to that city is an understatement. You see, the temple of Artemis would have been surrounded by these brothels. And every year they would have a festival called the Festival of Artemis. And during this festival, listen to this strange oddity of this for just a moment. During this festival, they would take to the streets of Ephesus and they would go and they would gather the idol of Artemis out of the temple, put it up on a platform, and they would walk throughout the streets of Ephesus. And they, watch this now, they would take her down to the harbor so that she, notice my word choice very carefully, so that she might be Baptized. The Ephesians would take this pagan idol of Artemis down to the water. Now, what I didn't tell you was all the way to the water, there would be sexual promiscuity happening in the streets all the way down to the water. When they got to the water, watch this, they acted this way all the way to the water. They got in the water, and they would go through this ritual that would happen in the water where she would be baptized, believing that it would restore her virginity back to this idol. Believing it would restore her purity. Believing that it would make her uh, desirable again. And so then they would bring her up out of the water. And as they marched this purified idol back toward its temple. Watch this now. Back toward its temple. All of a sudden they would begin to perform the same acts. Now listen to me carefully. They would begin to perform the same acts on the way back back that they had performed all the way down they would begin to perform this promiscuity and these different sexual perversions all the way back thus stealing her purity from her again now watch this My goodness, I had no clue when God took me into this message this morning how important this was. You see, he's dealing with a group of people who are trying to control the the powers of darkness by a form of religion. And the form of religion leaves them beat up and weak and destroyed. But there's a man and woman of God in their community who are getting along with God, seeking the face of God. A group of men begin to cast out devils. A group of women begin to minister in the name of Jesus Christ. And the power of God begins to move. The glory of God begins to shake a whole community. Why? Because there's a community that thinks watch this, that thinks I can live however I want as long as I have enough religious practice in my life then I'll be okay and then no matter what happens while I'm in that religious practice I can keep living like I want to when I'm on the other side of it. Listen, I don't care how many times you go get dunked in the water if you're the same when you come out of the water as when you went in the water there's a problem. God's looking for a people who will take their sins down to the blood of Jesus Christ and get cleansed by the blood and come out of the blood different than when they went in, walking in holiness, walking in righteousness, walk, watch this, bathed in the glory of God. Why don't you give the glory of God a praise this morning? (laughs) Pastor Don, how are you tying those two together? Because I don't have to tie them together. Ephesians does it for me. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us. Look, we read over this. But that's not what the Ephesians read or heard. It says this. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Notice this. He carried himself in such a way to protect her. Watch this now. To make her holy, holy and clean, and washed by the cleansing of God's word. Now we're thinking, what does that mean? No, no, no. He's writing to where? Where? Oh, y'all, we got 50 more minutes of sermon. Where? Oh, y'all ready? Come on now he's writing to Ephesus. They did not miss the story that combined the two together. They understand what he's saying. He's saying you'll never get her pure by treating and living in sexual sins and perversion. That what you need to do is back away from the things of this world and you need to begin to line up your life with the word. And where the world said live however you want to and for 2,000 years Artemis' spirit has still been trying to to take over, and if we've ever lived in a generation where Artemis's spirit says, "Be with whoever you want, however you want, whenever you want," what God's word said was this: No. If you want the glory of a manifestation of the presence of God, you need some people who will live counterculture to what the world says. In other words, I'm not going to go dirty myself up and then try to clean myself up on Sunday morning. I'm going to get in the Word, and I'm going to honor my wife, and I'm going to honor my husband. I'm going to walk in righteousness of God. I'm going to walk in the purity of the things of God. And when I begin to walk in the purity of God's word, watch what happens. I begin to see the glory of God manifest in my home because I can't see it manifested in a city until it happens in my house. And when it happens in my house, it'll happen in my church, and then it'll happen in my city, and then lives will be changed forever. Amen. Oh, you're going, Pastor Don, that's, that's great. But what does that have to do with us? I mean, I mean we, we would never, ever, ever go to the streets and celebrate a stronghold over an area. I mean, we wouldn't do that. We're not silly. We wouldn't take the the, the idol that's ruled our community and and put it in the streets. I mean, we wouldn't set race cars down the middle of the road and turn the stills on and have a thing called a moonshine festival. (laughs) Oh, You got quiet. You see, when it's out there, it doesn't really hit me, but I can tell you this. He addressed that in Ephesians five, two, the eighteenth verse. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. "Stop getting drunk and get filled with the glory of the Holy Ghost. Stop living like the world, wondering where the power is." He said, "Instead, start living like the Word." And walking in the power. Because if we want to see the glory of God invade our cities, we must live in a counterculture way. Here's what's going to happen. If we begin to live differently. This is how God can begin to move. I mean, what's the church do when when a festival like... Artemis Festival or, or the Festival of Racism or Moonshine or, or go north and you've got a county that's number one teen pregnancy one in the, in the nation for years. What do we do? Well, I can tell you what happens in the place of Ephesus. That when they took to the streets, the church didn't take to the streets with them unless they were preaching the gospel. They went and got alone and began to pray. And then sent out evangelists to preach while some prayed. They didn't sell curly fries and say that's how they're going to fund their church for the year. Just a thought. Pastor Don, you're getting really feisty this morning. Yep. I'm tired of churches living powerlessly. When we have the power to change the world. Oh, Pastor Don, you really believe that? Well, let's look at what was happening in Ephesus. One, unbelievable miracles start happening in Ephesus. Unbelievable miracles. I mean, can you imagine that? Unbelievable miracles start happening. Pastor Don, God doesn't move in miracles anymore. Really? Well, maybe I need to, maybe I shouldn't tell you this story, but I'll tell it to you. We have seven services every weekend that make up War Hill Five campuses. So you, you know, you don't know everyone who's, of course, involved in, in the ministries and just bouncing between them. I'm trying to know the majority, but listen to this testimony that came from one of our services. One of the women of our church decided that her sister who was dying of breast cancer needed to come to church. She's dying. I mean, like last end of stages. It's done. And you know what? She didn't feel like going to church. And she keeps saying, I'm not going to church. And her sister says, God said you need to come to church to get prayed for. And she said, I'm not going to church. She said, I haven't even eaten in days. I have no appetite. I don't have the strength to go to church. Her sister, How many of you are thankful for pesky sisters? Her sister said, well, I'll drag you to church. You come to church. So they loaded her up and took her to church, dying of breast cancer. At the end of the service, she said, "You're going up front for prayer." <laughs> she came up front for prayer. Pastor laid hands on her. Boom! There, I'd love to tell you that lightning shot out of heaven, but no lightning, no earthquake, no rumble. But do you know what happened as soon as they said "Amen" and the service was over? So, you know what happened? She said, uh, "Y'all get lunch." You want to get lunch? Uh, you haven't eaten in like nine, ten days. You want lunch? She said, yeah, let's go out to eat. I'm starving. They said, what do you want? <laughs> they. She kept eating. They took her to the doctor. You know how those meetings go. The doctor examines the report, goes out. We're going to have to draw a little more blood. <laughs> Comes back in, examines the report. Come again. You see, the problem was she, she not only had breast cancer, but she had what they call BRCA2, which is the genetic propensity to have all of those cancers. And they said, uh, okay. Uh, ma'am, uh, we're really happy to tell you uh, you're 100% cancer free. <laughs> you can clap there if you want to. That's not the good part. <laughs> the doctor says, um, "You know, I, but I'm having a hard time explaining." She said, no, "No, no, let me just tell you, Jesus healed me." <laughs> the doctor said, "Ma'am, he can heal you of your cancer. I'll give you that, but brca too is part of your DNA genetic structure, and, um, uh, ma'am, you don't understand." Uh, you, I mean, it's not, like you can, it's not like you can change who you are. But you have no bracket two in your DNA structure anymore. Can I just tell you, he can change who you are. If you get in the glory, if you get in the presence of God, how are you going to do it? Number two, you've got to get radical repentance into your life. I'm sorry for what I've been doing. I'm sorry for how I've been living. And God, I'm going to get right with you and I'm going to get right with others. Because radical repentance brings reformation in the church and renaissance in our culture. Three, you've got to have incredible courage. It will cost you everything to embrace the glory. People will not understand it. They brought $9,850,000 worth of stuff out into the streets, burned it. People got pretty mad. As a matter of fact, Paul said it this way they drug us and threw us to the lions, fought the beast, the lions. But yet he lived to preach another day. Why? They then would take him and drag him outside of town, beat him to death with stones, and yet he would get up and live to preach another day. Why? The glory. i got to tell you that when you mess with someone of the idols, you might incite a riot. It's important. But I want you to see what happens number four. The Bible says that every day Paul would have to preach from 10 to 3 every day. Because God's glory invaded every day of the week. I know I seem like I've been harsh this morning. You know, calling out stuff that's happening in our own community. But you see, we've got to call out what's happening in our community and we've got to call out what's happening in our lives. If we really want to move with God. Because God's glory wants to invade every day of your life. So that daily habits become daily rhythms. And it just becomes, serving God just becomes natural to you. And you're not just having to pursue His glory. It's right there. When you make connection with the power source. Putting God first determines everything that follows Verse 17 told us what would happen when they put God first. It says that the name of the Lord was glorified or magnified. That God was exalted. Verse 20, are you ready for this? The word of God spread widely. Widely. Could it be that Dawsonville, Georgia could be known for something other than our fire water. Maybe our firewater, where people are getting healed. Verse 23, this is probably my favorite point. This is probably my favorite point in any sermon I've made in six months. I love this. There was no small commotion I just feel like that describes my life. That when the glory of God shows up, there is nothing hideable about it. That his glory invades and permeates the atmosphere. That Jesus would be lifted up. That people would begin to serve the word of the Lord. And that everybody would be able to tell that God's up to something. Pastor Don, we've got to live it in front of them. No, 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 no. We need to manifest it in front of them. Because when you begin to manifest the glory of God, they'll find something different. They've had enough bad manifest in front of them. It's now time for good. Bow your heads with me in this place. Counterculture. Living like the world left them just as impure after their baptism as they were before. Living like the world will leave you just as dirty after visiting church as before. But making a decision to repent of your sins and clean up your life by the blood Let Jesus wash you clean and make you whole because of what he shed for you on Calvary. Is a start to a daily manifestation of the glory of God. Nobody looking around and everybody praying. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, there's some areas of my life that I'm not living counterculture. I'm living totally in line with the culture. And I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I want to repent. And I want to live in such a way so that God's glory might manifest in my life. If that's you, I want to see your hand right where you are as fast as you can. Hands literally all over this place. Thank you. Put those down. Thank you. God is here. Maybe now you're watching or maybe you're listening. Maybe you're present. And you say, Pastor Don... I've never invited the glory of a Savior into my life. Maybe you prayed a prayer and you wanted to wash in religion, but you didn't come out different. You didn't let God change you. And today's the day you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you're online, I want you just to type uh, right now. uh, I just want you to type the word glory. And then uh, hold on before you do I, I want you to know what you're saying is. I want to embrace the glory of Jesus as my Savior. But if that's you, just type that word glory. And our pastor there is going to minister to you. But right here while you're with me, if you're ready to embrace the glory of Christ as your Savior, I'm looking all around this room. I just want to see a hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. didn't embarrass anybody else moments ago. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others that will join me? These two or three. I'm looking all around this room. I'm looking around this room. Four, are there others? Are there others? This is your moment. This is your time. Pastor Don, you picked me out. No, God's picking you out. Thank you, thank you. Put those hands down. I now want us all to stand in this place. Whether you're watching or whether you're present, the Bible says if we will confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be born again. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Maybe you said, Pastor, I was, I was reluctant to raise my hand, but I want to join with these many today that have given their life to Christ. Right at 11 people, I want to join with them that are going to surrender their life to Christ today. If that's you, I want to see your hand. If you have not yet raised your hand and you say today's the day because God's kind of like he's coming back around because you needed a moment more. Where are you? I'm looking for you looking for you. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your place. All right. We're going to pray a prayer of confession with these. So somebody prayed with us. Then I'm going to pray for all of you. Let's pray together. Jesus, Jesus. by faith, I, I confess I, I am a sinner I in, need a in need of a Savior. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name I, I receive your grace forgive me let me be changed may your glory fill my life in jesus name from this moment forward i believe he came for me he died for me and he lives forevermore and now i declare god is my father heaven is my home and jesus is my savior Father God, I thank you for those many that have prayed that in both these services today and maybe the many that have prayed that online today or maybe that are listening, watching in their homes. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will meet all of us right where we are. And for those of you that have said today that that you're ready for God to change the, the wrong culture of your heart, right now I just want you to confess that right where you are in your own way. Lord, you see our sins. You see our weaknesses. And Lord, we're asking you that we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Would you give God some praise today for life being changed? Amen. God is so good to us. All right. Amen.